Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And let's do it. The Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan here. Uh, you know, I got, I was in a, I was in a bar earlier and uh, this, this man walked in and he took off his backpack and he put it on the, on the bar and he took out a little piano out of the backpack. And then, uh, uh, then he took out a little, t- little man who started playing this piano beautifully. Well, the bartender was blown away and he's like, where did you get this? Little man and the guy with the backpack, you know, pulled out a uh, genie's lamp. He said, well, just rub this and ask for anything you want. And bartender's like, okay. He rubs it and says, I'd like a million bucks. And poof, a million ducks with a D walk through the door. And the bartender looks at the man and says, you know, something's, your, your lantern's broken. He goes, yeah. Do you think I actually asked for a 10-inch pianist? Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that before, but it's always fun with Duff's uh, <laughs> slightly confused <laughs> delivery. Great guy. And uh, thank you, Duff, for calling in an amazing joke every Friday for the last almost three years. We started this in August of 2017. So thanks to Duff for doing that. And thanks to Bruce Kulick for joining us on the new quarantine uh tune a cover of the classic kiss song kind of obscure from the revenge record called heart of chrome uh, even though no 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 is in the top 60 in america right now on the mainstream rock sharks this is the second song uh, that we've released this got even more of a buzz than no 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 did due to the inclusion of bruce kulik uh, joining us so here it is once again the second single from quarantine it's heart of chrome right here on the talk is jerry
Hits, the new single from Quarantine, Heart of Chrome, with Bruce Kulick on guitar. Uh, it's out now. You can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get your music. You can, of course, check the video out on YouTube as well. Where else, when else, but in a pandemic, can you start a... Uh, 80s non-makeup Kiss cover band with the guitar player from Kiss. That's what we're doing with the quarantine. And what we're doing every Saturday night, great segues, a Saturday night special on YouTube Live and Facebook Live um, with me. <laughs> yes, hanging out with all of you. So get your questions and answers ready and your drinks and your uh, sing-along song ideas because we're back live tomorrow night, Saturday night, once again on Facebook Live and on my YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern so we'll see you then. Maybe we'll do a Nickelback sing-along because today it's apropos because I've got uh, Chad Kroger and his brother and bassist Mike Kroger and guitarist Ryan Peake are here from Nickelback. Uh, and let me remind you about a couple of things before you say anything. Nickelback has sold over 50 million records. Think about that. They've sold out Madison Square Garden. They've been nominated for six Grammys, including Album of the Year. And they rank as the second best-selling foreign act of the 2000s in the States behind only the Beatles. Think about that for a bit. We're going to talk about some of the hate they've dealt with over the years. We're also going to talk about their incredible success. Uh, You'll find out how and why they signed in 1999 with Roadrunner Records, which at the time was known as an extreme metal label. I think they had King Diamond and Slipknot on the label. Uh, And the job that Mike had that inspired their band name. They got some crazy road stories. This was taped backstage uh, when Fozzie and Nickelback toured uh, last last year, so it's been in, it's been in the can for a while, as we say. But uh, we had a great time touring with Nickelback. They're great guys, of course. They're great. They're Canadian, and they've got some great stories for all of you. And when the pandemic is over and we can go see shows again, you got to go see Nickelback. They put on an amazing show. We had so much fun touring with them. I think they were supposed to tour with Sammy Hagar this year or something like that. They're a party band. They're a great rock and roll band. And uh, we're starting with Nickelback, and Chad Kroger's going to tell us. Some stories about the brothers, of course, talking about Dimebag Daryl and Vinnie Paul from Pantera. Both of them are gone. Both of them were close uh, friends of Chad Kroger. They love Nickelback and they love Chad. Chad's going to tell us some stories about the brothers and how I met them, starting now on Talk is Jericho. Chad Kroger and Nickelback. So, once again, Cool to see uh, see you here, and thanks for having us uh, do a couple shows with you, buddy. It's great to see you. Thanks for coming with us. And we've bumped into each other in strange places over the years. We have. Wait, that sounds very. St- <laughs> That's a weird <laughs> sentence right there. Do you remember uh, at the? Remember that bathroom at that truck stop? That yeah, was that was awkward. Called Chad for a good time, and I <laughs> yeah. can barely read the number. But the one time was at uh, Shep's uh, at Shep's table, Shep Gordon's table at Clive yeah. Davis's Grammy party. You yeah. That was quite the table. Um, you remember who so was going, the table? Yeah, going around the room, and I brought, I think I brought my ex-wife with me. The yes. time. So I brought Avril. Yeah. And then next to her was um, Shannon and Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. Then Paul Stanley. I believe you were beside. I was Paul's date. You were Paul's date. <laughs> and then I think it was Shep and then Alice Cooper. Yeah. And I, I, I pulled my phone out for a second. I'm like, this is kind of a surreal table. <laughs> and as I went around, you could hear... I'm not sure if it was, was it Paul or, or no, it was either Gene or Alice that said, if you combined the touring miles at this table, it would be astronomical. It, it was Alice that said that. <laughs> yeah, that's told, so. I'm like, it's funny too, because you stick all the rocker skids in the back of the room yeah, at the same fully, table. <laughs> fully. And we were so, and we're like, we were the most well-behaved. Like. I, I know. The only thing, Chad and I, or uh, uh, Shep and I were the only ones that were drinking. 
uh, because I think they closed the bar and we had bribed some oh. like a waiter to keep bringing us the vodka and cranberry. I was insanely hungover. <laughs> insanely hung over that night oh i just remember that yes yes i was like trying to hold my lunch down i was like my god what did i i can't remember what i did the night before but wow yeah so that was the one Oof. time yeah uh, and i remember too this quick that it was right after glenn fry passed away yes. and melissa etheridge did a glenn fry song okay. uh eagle song and everyone gives her a standing ovation after and gene simmons stands up and he's got a smile on his face looking, and he goes that was the shits <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm trying to remember everybody because there was some good performances yes. there that night. There were some great performances. Uh, I yeah. think it was Earth, Wind, and Fire played, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nirvana with Beck. Remember yes, that? That's right. Something like that. Oh my God. My, I was a little cloudy that evening. <laughs> your, uh, your recollection is far better. But uh, I do have a little bit of uh, some video proof on my phone somewhere. Somewhere, of, yeah. Of definitely being in attendance that night. The great table. But then the, the one I wanted to talk to you about is, is was the last time I saw you was at uh, Rita's house after Vinny's funeral. Yes. And whenever somebody passed away, which sucks, it's always cool when you see people at the funeral that you never expected. Yes. I remember I went there with Charlie from Anthrax and we saw you there. That's right. And I was just really intrigued to, to get a little bit of a backstory about how did you know Vinny and how, how close were you guys and all that sort of thing. Uh, very. Um, he was a dear, dear, dear friend. Yeah. Um, I, I met him, I think it was, I want to say like 2003, maybe 2004, somewhere in there. And Jerry had just signed to Roadrunner Records and Jerry came out on tour with us. And Jerry was opening for us on Me Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell, gotcha. yep. And on that tour, he said, "Well, the brothers are going to come out in Dallas." And I was like, just so naive. I'm like, the brothers. He's like, yeah, Vinny and Dimebag. I'm like, I was like, are you shitting me? And after the show, you know, in the flesh, there's the boys on my <laughs> bus. I'm like, is this happening right now? I'm like, this, this can't be happening. And, and from that moment on, we were just like all fast friends. And then um, uh, Bob, Kid Rock, invited me over to his place one time when we were doing the, uh, I think it's called the DTE. The, yeah, the Detroit the Amphitheater. Yeah, yeah, the south of uh, his place. He invited me up to the place and, and uh, uh, we had a little barbecue. And I'm like, hey, I want you to listen to something. And I brought out Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. And I said, hey, do you want to do you want to sing the second verse of this? And he's like, I'm in. I'm like, okay, cool. That's amazing. Now I think we should find a shredder, some someone to just absolutely destroy a guitar solo. And uh, we hummed and hawed and we tossed around a bunch of names and Dime's name didn't come up for whatever reason. And then later on, on that same tour, I found myself in Dallas and uh, I get into the vehicle with him and I said, hey, and this was, this was back when we had CDs. Um, I'm like, hey, throw this in. And I think Rita was driving. I think Dime was in the, and I was in the back seat of the, uh, the SUV. And they, I said, put this in. And it comes on and, you know, we did this really heavy version of it. And, and uh, I'm like, dude, do you want to, do you want to play the guitar solo on this? He's like, I would love to. <laughs> so now, you know, it's, uh, it's, we got Kid Rock, we got Dimebag and myself doing this, uh, just this, just balls out version of, uh, Saturday uh, night. Saturday night's all right for fighting. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just, over the years, just been great, great friends. He was this type of guy, like whenever you were in town, it could be either Dallas or Vegas, always would come to the show. I would like to know how many concerts those two right. have. I mean, like, I don't think they miss anyone's concerts. They Anybody they Shows, just right. constantly going to shows. Because I don't know about you, sometimes when I've been on tour for a while or on the road, you get home, you, you know, you say hi to your friends, hey, dude, I can't make it tonight or whatever. Those guys always made it. Always. Yeah. <laughs> 
When I get off tour, the last thing I want to do is go to a show. <laughs> no offense. Right yeah, now. no. You know, it's like, God, when you've been shoveling coal six days a week, you don't want to shovel coal on <laughs> Sunday. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they never missed a show. Mm. It was like unbelievable. Those guys were just dedicated to music like you wouldn't believe. And they were just so sweet, just so amazing. Yeah. Oh, for oh, Vegas. Yeah, show, we yeah. did. That's right. We did. Uh, yeah, we did a, a five-day Ve uh, Vegas residency. And I... I I, th I think he only missed one. <laughs> I'm like, it's got to be getting a little boring by now. No, like I the same. Actually, the guys in our band were just vodka guys and the ones that drink. And so Vinny would always come and say, like, do you have any beer? I would always order beer. That's not even on our rider. I would order it when I knew Vinny was, com yeah. Vinny was coming just to have it for him and his 18 guys that wanted tickets with the luge, pa luge passes or whatever. Uh, yeah, the posse was like, <laughs> it was extensive for sure. <laughs> Yeah, they always wanted a bottle of Crown around when you know, so everyone could do a black tooth. In black tooth, yeah. Yeah, you do the shots in the in the uh, dressing beforehand. Oh, I remember during, <laughs> after, <laughs> after, after <laughs> the next day. We did a tour with Slash once, and it was the same thing. We're like, uh, if Vinny Paul wants twenty tickets, and Slash is like, I'm not having the entourage back here. Let Vinny and his girlfriend come back. Yeah. Everyone else needs to stay out there. Like only Slash could turn down Vinny. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no, I mean, because he, he wanted to bring, because all of his buddies were all huge. I mean, how were they getting around? <laughs> because there's not a limo on the planet that could hold that many people. Like, did they have some sort of, like, did they rent a Greyhound? <laughs> like, Greyhound limo? How are they getting down to the shows every night? Because at one point, uh, he came, we did a show in Tyler, Texas, uh, which is just outside of Dallas. And he came and said, I got a limo. I'll, I'll come down and catch a ride back with me. Great. So he had like this powder blue limo from like, I don't know, 1982 mm -hmm. that he had decked out with all the lights and just ear crushing music that was all Journey and ZZ Top yep. and Eagles and right. His, uh, did he ever get, did he ever give you a, um, a signed picture of, of, uh, oh my God, he'd go and get all these fifties pictures all the time and he would get them. I think he was just going to like. <laughs> kinkos or staples or wherever and just photocopying the hell out of it. and then he would sign them as though he was the person and then he'd go get the thing framed and he would write the most <laughs> random shit on it and then he would just hand them out and i'm just i was like what uh, uh and there's like a second you look at it for a second and you're like is this legit and then as soon as you read it you're like Ah, oh, that's amazing like a, real, a real picture of elvis that he had autographed elvis the, Presley. oh yeah like the most bizarre what's that yeah, mine's a little Richard. That's right. I've got this weird little. He's like to my favorite little tutti fruity or something like that. Like I don't know what it is, you know. And then he signs it, little Richard, and it's hilarious. And the thing is, in this bizarre old school like frame that would be in your grandmother's house, like it's so random. I mean, he picked me up one night. Ah, uh, where were I? Think we were in Dallas, and we drove forty-five minutes away. I don't have a clue where we went to. Pull up to the back, run into the back stage area of so i have no idea where we even went and uh get on you know and i just in time to catch money money you know and i'm like what what billy idol yeah, i'm like what are we where are we and we just cruise into some you know venue and there's billy idol and he's getting off stage like he's hitting Mo he's like the santa claus he was the santa claus he had to hit every <laughs> venue like every live gig that was going on he like just timing them all perfectly like oh, i gotta run over to this one i gotta close up everything at about 2 30 we gotta head over to the after show at this one and then come back to his house in vegas that had all the rooms yes the yep. carrot top room was orange. Yeah, he the loved Prince room top. was purple. Yeah, and the Elvis room was green as the jungle room. Yep, you know, 
Just yeah. the uh, he would always make breakfast in the morning and all that sort of stuff. Just a great guy all across the board. Like you said, that was friend. If you were a musician and he knew you were legit, he was your friend. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. I loved those boys with all of my heart, and they were so kind to me when we would be taking heat left right and center you know uh vinnie would just you know he would stick up for us like you would he's like you ever seen a play mm -hmm. you're like well then why don't you just shut the f up mm -hmm. you know why don't you go watch him play and see what they do and see you know see them doing their own thing and then come back and 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 talk shit um and he was always sticking up for us and he didn't care you know and that's to me that type of lawyer you can't mm -hmm. i mean you're lucky if you find that type of loyalty once in your life in a true, true friend, right. you know, and he gave that to everybody. Yeah. It was like, oh, him and I'm him. trying not to, I'm no, but, my, my, my arms, my arm hair is starting to stand up a little bit and I can feel like I could, I could easily have a really serious, good cry here. This is talking what I wanted, about I wanted like, to talk to you about it because like I said, oh. it is, it, 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 you talk to people that know him and you get that feeling, you know, and, uh, cause you guys even actually, I don't know if you do now, but you did used to come to stage with with a Pantera tune when you played Walk, I think. I remember at the beginning of you did some Pantera. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe after maybe after Dime died or yep. something like that, you did yep. a tribute to. And him we, on stage. yeah, we had well, we had a we. I wrote a song for him called uh, "Side of a Bullet," and we called. I mean, this was right after Dime mm -hmm. uh, passed, and um, called Vinny and said, "Hey, is can can you send us like a bunch of outtakes from you know Far Beyond Driven and Cowboys from Hell and and." Uh, like all, like just a bunch of him, you know, a bunch of guitar stuff that didn't get used on the album. He's like, yeah, no problem. And they went through every record and sent us tons of stuff, and we just went through it all and put it all together, put it all in the in the in the same key, and it fit, and it was amazing. No kidding. Yeah, and that's on a song called "Side of a Bullet." And so, and we would just play his guitar solo. So we'd play the song, and then he'd we put him up that's on a big screen. That's what it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so every night I was turning around and I'd look up at him and he would, you know, you'd, he, we had all this video footage from him doing, just being him, just being absolutely yeah. that amazing human. And, uh, yeah, I was tough not to get choked up. Um, every night, every night you turn around and be like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> we should, uh, do something for Vinny, write a song for him and call it, call it one, two barbecue. One, two barbecue. Oh, that dude, what a one, two barbecue. Get everyone to chant in the crowd. We're going one. <laughs> Barbecue. Oh, yeah, dude, go. it's a million seller right there. <laughs> Last question for That's you. That's a great idea. Let me show you. Imagine the, the guests we could get on that song. Yeah. Man. I put Blacktooth in a song. Did you? Oh, yeah. I put that in a song called Bottoms Up. Yeah, I made a Blacktooth reference. Mega Dave did that in those at uh, Sweating Bullets. Smile this Blacktooth grin. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Sweating Bullets. <laughs> Last question for you because I know we both got a show to do. Uh, what's your favorite Pantera song? Oof. I mean, oh, uh, I love, oh, there's so much. My favorite album is definitely uh, Vulgar Display. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God. I mean, it's damn near a cover to cover. Mouth for War is amazing. Becoming. Becoming. Oh, wait, no. New levels, I think. Becoming from, level. from Far Beyond oh. is my favorite, yeah. Uh, this love, oh my God, that record is just packed. I mean, that's almost impossible for me to just go right down to one. I mean, and now when one of those songs comes on, before we'd all, you know, everyone does the same thing. You kind of you, you put your metal face on, your teeth grit, and and uh, I mean, there's a there's a small flex involved, <laughs> like you know, and you yeah. you know, 
uh, and everybody does the same thing. But now it's taken on a whole different thing because now you're gritting your teeth because you know you miss them so much, mm -hmm. and it's got it's taken on this this whole new yeah. uh, persona and the way it affects me at mm -hmm. least. And I can I can see the way you're nodding. I can see the look on your face. And and I'm sorry that I stole Charlie from the party. <laughs> you know we're all over there at Rita's place. And uh, uh, when things were winding down, I'm like Charlie, you come with me. Yeah. Let's go, buddy. Let's and, idea, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had him. Uh, I had him for a while. Well, I had him for most of the day. I mean, once as soon as the service had ended, I'm like, I, I stole him. I took him back to the hotel. We were drinking a bit and and uh, yeah, reminiscing and telling yeah. all the stories about good times. Vinny, yeah. dying. We love you. Yeah, for sure. What was Vinny's favorite Nickelback? Tune? Uh, his was "If Today Was Your Last Day." Ironically, wow. apropos, right? Yeah. And uh, Dimes was a song called "Where Do I Hide" off of an album we had called "Silver Side Up." Nice, and uh, Vinny was like, <laughs> I mean, it was so honest when it came out of his mouth. He's like, God, every time Dimes in the in the limo, he just wants to hear that. Where do I hide? So I mean, he plays the damn thing over and over and over and over. <laughs> and I don't know how you pay someone a bigger compliment than to ha than to hear that one of their heroes, you know, wants to continually play something that you've written. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the biggest, yeah, biggest compliment, compliment in the world. Yeah, I mean, it just fills you with this feeling. And then so. you could become friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. So you know who saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, dude. Buddy, thanks for I taking the time. Appreciate that, man. Brother. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We'll roll it right now. Let's roll that We'll shit. break all the rules, man. We don't okay. care. Is there uh, anything I can't say? Like, well, well, you just did, so therefore you call the shots, man. Done. Done. This is your show. <laughs> you were just uh, uh, at rolling around on the mat with Gracie, so you can yeah. say whatever the hell you want. All right, man. All right. Hey, what am I going to say? Like, no, dude, you can't swear on my show. You Mike's can a cursing, <laughs> a cursing machine. I, I do swear yeah, a little. It's kind of a Canadian thing, I think, more than they do. I believe you're I got right. Mike and Ryan from Nickelback here, and uh, gracious us to have us play a couple shows. Uh, and it's so funny. It's like a, a two-show tour. The first half was awesome. <laughs> Isn't it Agreed. You know, but the second half is always the second better. half. It's it's always be better. Now we know each other. Yeah, We've yeah, had yeah. lots of experiences. Now we're in the groove. Yeah, yeah. So, so we had a day off yesterday, and and you mentioned we're in Atlantic City now. But you went to 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 New York to actually mm -hmm. train with the Gracies. I trained with Henzo, at Henzo Gracies Academy with him, and you know I, you've done plenty of training yourself. And I just told these guys the amazing moment that you get on the mat with somebody who is the top of their game, mm -hmm. and you are at the bottom of said the game, game. right? You know, I get on the mat, get all suited up, and I get on the mat with with Henzo, and we sit down, and he says, "Okay, what would you like to learn?" I'm just like, "You <laughs> kidding, right?" Like, <laughs> I, there, this is going to be only learning. And to be honest, within a half an hour, my brain was so full, we just had to drill the stuff that he taught me and stop because I just couldn't take. You know what? It, you know what happens? Like, he, there's only so much you can really translate into. Well, totally. So obviously, you train like this often. I try to train as much as I can, yeah. So how do you get in touch with, with Gracie and say, hey, I'm Mike from Nickelback, I'm in town, or do you know this guy? or is it?" I, I knew him from before. Mm -hmm. 
we we have a few mutual friends and i train with his with his family you okay. know i train with the machado family in uh in los angeles and they're they're the cousins of, of the gracie oh, okay so, so yeah. they, i i know them that way but i met henzo abu dhabi i think it was um, because we had a security guy who was a friend of his. I just love yeah. it. Like the best part of all is like, was it Abu Dhabi that we? Uh, I know he's going through his Rolodex <laughs> yeah. of uh, places. But, I thought he was going like time frame, but you're actually talking about a place. Yeah, yeah. I, I, time, a time frame, I have no idea. Yeah. But uh, but uh, the place I think it was Abu Dhabi, but it might have been somewhere else. But this is a cool thing I like about about guys like us that have been traveling. Most people be like Abu Dhabi. Where's that? And I'm like, oh yeah, I know Abu Dhabi. The, was yeah. it the Porsche Museum or the Lamborghini Museum yeah. there or something like yeah. that? Like you guys have traveled quite a bit worldwide over the last yeah. 15 years yeah. so even abu dhabi wants the rock and roll of nickelback there oh yeah we Apparently. played yeah. the f1 a little while ago and by the the ferrari museum you're, you're sure sure to. yes and yeah. we we played that f1 race and that was incredible well man. you love the tra you love the traveling life you know yeah you know well yeah but that's the thing and, and we just take it for granted because it because people think like the, the, the shows are always fun but it's the travel part that's what we get paid for that's the hard part mm-hmm you know absolutely it's cool to see these uh, the limited glimpses of these cultures that we get you mm. know we typically get to see only the good parts <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is nice I, I appreciate that get you know all the all the horrible you know all the horrible parts of these places get combed out and we just see the good parts. See the good parts. <laughs> so when we did abu dhabi a wwe show the girls were still wearing the burkas you oh, know, yeah. and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So it's so funny to see them. I remember I went to the ring with this guy called R-Truth. He's like a rap guy. He goes like, what's yes. up? And people put their hands in the air. And you see the the girls with the burkas with just their eyes showing, yeah. like raising yeah. the roof. And it's just like the yeah. culture shock of that. You know what? You know, the, the debate of that aside, which, I mean, I think it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's been it's been laid out lately. But sure. I always found that was the. That was the cool part of actually going over there and seeing people from different cultures actually, yeah, like having fun, getting into you know what. I, right. I, I, I think it's fast. There's another yeah. part to this that that I I personally experienced when I was over there was I had heard the stories about the you know women aren't allowed to drive and they gotta be fully covered in the burkas and and, and shit like that, and then I went to that what's that mall called that great big mall in Dubai in Dubai I can't remember. that's right next to the bridge. Dubai Khalifa. Mall, maybe? Yeah. Uh, we'll call it the Dubai Mall. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I went there and I was expecting to see, you know, this. And at the mall, I was walking down the, the one of the corridors in the mall and I saw a woman wearing a bikini hmm. in the mall. And I was like, hmm, that isn't exactly a burka on that one. This right. Anything. Sure <laughs> so, like a Lacenza ad or something like that? It was a person, a, 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 a oh, okay. legit human. Watching. So you watching because we did Saudi Arabia and, and that was that's even worse than Dubai because yeah. Saudi you can't yeah. drink in Saudi Arabia and women aren't allowed at the shows but I saw a couple women that were kind of like our with our tour group like the promoters or whatever yeah very beautiful faces with like heavy makeup like yeah. models yeah and I said well how come you guys can have this makeup and other girls can't show their faces it was something to do with like some kind of a different religion something mm -hmm. maybe this religion in Dubai okay. allows you to wear a bikini I don't Who maybe, knows, right? Maybe they're just, I, I think things are just opening up, man. So you're talking about going to Abu Dhabi. What are some of the, the other the countries that you've been to that are kind of off the beaten path? Oh, I maybe not totally off the beaten path. Lithuania is pretty that, awesome. That's, that's becoming not so off the beaten path anymore. Nah, too, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I know what you're saying, totally. I mean, like different we, countries. We did, yeah, we did like Singapore for the first time. Which is really, really great. Russia, like that. Yeah, we did Russia, of course. Some Russia. Russia's, Russia's, Russia's a huge rock. Oh, man. oh yeah. 
Like yeah, Three Days well, Grace did like a three week tour of Russia. I'm oh like, yeah, where are you going in Russia for three weeks? Yeah, turns out there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah, there's Rock a lot isn't to dead it. In, uh, in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in and they they so. they'll turn out in droves for you. They they love it, man. Yeah, we they did. We it. did. Uh, yeah, we did uh, Lithuania, but Estonia was our first time. Yeah. It's not like off beaten path so much, like I said, but it's like for us countries that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, and well, we had never been there before. We've done you know Helsinki numerous times, and Finland, it's just, it's, and those it's places, right across yeah. the water from. But it. think about where we come from. Like in think about. Yeah, think about where we come from and then and then frame that like oh no where absolutely. we come from and it's like oh yeah well helsinki you know of course <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. you know like that's you know what i mean no you know no i'm saying like, it's just agree, so crazy you know if you're talking yeah. to bruce dickinson he's like we've done that ten thousand times right. it's right. Like, i mean perspective but, but is he's landed us but like you said though so and you guys are is it, is it, is it i say always say drum heller because that's what i was always told but it's not quite drum heller where you guys are from it's very right. close it's i actually grew up to the east yeah our hometown is about 40 minutes kind of what's your hometown called Hannah. Okay, Hannah. so Hannah. Alberta. I trained, uh, I grew up in Winnipeg, but I trained for wrestling in Calgary. Mm -hmm. So my first kind of year of shows are the little independent ones. So I was doing the drum hellers and the rimby and the uh brooks. Uh, brooks my first match was in pinoca oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like total wow, you know awesome. uh like the total like alberta small towns yeah. but once the again rodeo towns man was that rodeo towns R rodeo towns exactly yeah. grand prairie and these yeah. type of places how would you guys come from hannah and, and f start this band to end up playing in freaking abu dhabi and, and helsinki it's crazy right like it's, it's give us a little bit of that background it still blows me away that i'm even going to new york because quickly, just you know, too, Slash, whenever he plays, because you guys, I'm sure you've played, it's with Slash or no Slash, he's a huge dinosaur fanatic. Mm -hmm. So whenever Guns N' Roses or Slash and the Conspirators play Edmonton or Calgary, he goes to Drumheller to go to the museums there because oh, this is like that dinosaur. The museum is still fantastic. It's tons crazy. of fossils found in this area, right? Yeah. I, I See, I, I lived in, I met these guys in like when I was in grade eight in Hannah. That's when I moved. I, was in, I used to live in Brooks. Brother, that's but, very Canadian. Grade eight here. Yeah, it's grade eight. eight. Like here it's grade eight, eighth grade. Eighth grade, grade eight, eight. I still don't know what a freshman okay. senior. I just, yeah, I'm <laughs> still, I'm still <laughs> struggling when with that. Started, shit. I just had that conversation. <laughs> but I actually grew up. I grew it's up, a real thing. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah. I actually grew up in the valley. From there's a small, small, tiny town called Dorothy. If you ever see Tom Cochran's video, uh, Life is a Highway, he's oh. up on the summer follow fields and down by this church with these two weird sisters he puts together to, for imagery and whatnot. But yeah. that's- Was that Dorothy? That's Dorothy. No shit, that's I didn't my, know that. My, my uncle's land, actually. Funny enough, I, what? I heard that like through the grapevine. He's like, oh yeah, I was very That's crazy. But, yeah, but like, yeah, we were like cruising up the hills as kids, like getting fossils and petrified wood. That's it, It's an amazing place to- and that's just so the, let run wild there. It's, it's, it's like your backyard where you so, where you grew up, right? Totally. And I took my kids back there two years ago, and I didn't hear. I've never heard so much complaining in my life. <laughs> I'm like, they'll drop us off here. We'll walk down the the coulee in the valley down, and it'll spit us out of my grandmother's house. And they're just like, I hate this. this is <laughs> There's fire ants on my leg. There's, <laughs> there's cactus. And they're just complaining. I'm like. We were just uh, in the Okanagan. Uh, my cousin got married in Penticton. Nice. And I used to grow up, my grandparents lived in Kelowna, right? Mm -hmm. So fruit stands, my grandma worked at a fruit stand. Right? It's like the best place. Yep. Yes. I took my kids to the roadside fruit stand. I'm like, Dad, why are we going to, this is great. It's a fruit stand. There's fruit and there's jelly and you get a donut. Is there Wi-Fi? And they're just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, and they finally found some cool stuff. I'm like, you guys, like, things have changed. Like looking for fossils and going to a fruit stand don't fly for kids anymore. I don't know. I'm trying, you tried to like expose a bit of it. I just came back from, I went home for two days as well. This last kind of little, little break here. And I was saying the same thing. I'm like, how can we have no Okanagan fruit here? I mean, this is the seed. We've got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like it only happens once a year. What's going on? <laughs> right, right, right. I know my kids care a lot. 
Oh, the kids are different now, though, yeah. right? Yeah. So how did you guys start this band, though, in Hannah to end up, you know, like we said, becoming a worldwide, one of the biggest bands in the world? Well, it kind of started in Vancouver. Really. Gotcha. I mean, we, well, we, we come the, from Hannah. The band yeah. started in Vancouver. But we get pretty much all of Alberta and British Columbia claims us as, as home. So that, that's, we're cool with that. Yeah, we're, <laughs> it's we're complicated. Um, it is, it is. Now, we, we, our music, you know, we obviously we started, everybody starts music somewhere when you're, you know, hopefully when you're a kid, I don't know, whenever you like, but we were like 14 when we kind of started. And then Mike and I kind of played in various versions of some kind of band. Like garage bands and stuff. Oh, all oh, yeah. garage yeah. bands. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like no, yeah. one, no one wants to hear us when you're starting to play music. <laughs> they didn't want to hear us you in the garage. You think you sound okay. <laughs> yeah. You're like, thank God they didn't have cell phones back then. <laughs> right. Because yeah, we posting on YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh my God, it would be a disaster. But so we, we played a bit when we were younger and we did a little... Um, cover band stint for about nine months and that's when we had that's that's when chad uh, actually came into the band because chad's your brother yeah yes older yeah. brother younger brother he, so, he younger younger gotcha. yeah so we can't had tell by looking can you <laughs> <laughs> oh i can um we had a different singer and a different drummer and then chad came in lead, lead guitar and then we did this for about nine months and we were pretty much flat broke this is yeah. i mean it's fun to cut your teeth out there and kind of get used to being you mm -hmm. on stage it's easy to play like one show and try to find yourself and find your stage presence. But it's, I mean, as you know, it's like doing the entertainment industry, you know, over and over repetition, repetition, you kind of find yourself and where mm. you feel comfortable sitting. So that was something I think that helped us a bit. We didn't realize it, but we just stopped and we just went, you know, this is just going nowhere. What was the name of your band? Music. At the at the moment, our, our childhood band before that was called Village Idiot. <laughs> And then we went out uh, have you heard to about get this? real work, and the, and the booking agent said, "No, you can't have that name. You got a choice: pick something else." Like, I think they settled on. We were taking some advice, um, point of view, at one point. That and was I the more commercial, uh, oh, commercial friendly. I'm thing like, the agent can wanted you pick to a more use? forgettable what name because <laughs> I don't remember that. So we told him to piss off, and we changed it back to Village Idiot Singular. We were the Singular Idiot. We and, we um, we four comprised one idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's how stupid. Twenty five percent each yeah. idiot. So then we, so we stopped, and then it, then we all went back to our jobs. And Mike went to Vancouver to do a different gig with another band, and then it was Chad in the summertime in '95 that just said he had some songs, uh, wouldn't mind recording it. We knew somebody, a friend of a friend, had a studio, or had access to a studio in Vancouver. It literally you just stumble into this kind of shit, right? Like so, we went out in the summer and we recorded Hesher, our first EP. In a day and a half. Explain to everybody what a Hesher is. Hesher, well, I, I'll it tell was, you what. There's two versions of Hesher, yeah, I guess. I didn't know it. I didn't no. know what it. What the word even. I didn't know oh, it was even a word. No, because well, I, I know. If I have a version. What, what's of your it? version? Like, I'll a, tell like, you like, like a headbanger. Yes, like a Hesher. Like we found that like, out. Like a rocker. We like, found that out much later. We found okay. that out much later. Yeah. It was literally just yeah, sure. That's like a, I was. Oh. I was. I had a friend of mine. He came out from Alberta to my place in Vancouver, and I remember, you know, we were we were trying to think of a name for the thing. And I remember this friend of mine, we, I don't remember what we were doing all day, but we were tired out and, and we had him sleeping in my room. Cause like, it was not Lux. <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty bad. But, uh, I remember him say, I said something like, okay, good night. See you tomorrow. And he said something like, Hey, sure. And I was like, Oh, Hesher. Yeah, that's <laughs> you just invented a word. And, and I was like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything, does it? Let's use that. And then we found out it meant something. Hesher's yeah. a headbanger, yeah. 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 I think it's a California term. I believe You're it is. Hesher, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've heard it since then. It's like now I kind of get it. I'm like, well, whatever connotation yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. boat, I suppose. But 
So you so you did the Hesher EP? Yeah. So we so we did that, and and just I'll try, I'll try to wrap it up, but it's like the no. I want our whole career. Oh, you want man. me just yeah, bring rag out here? Today. Yeah, rag yeah. to today. No, <laughs> I'm gonna order lunch. But well, I'm trying to clarify what he what he means by you know we've been claimed by like Alberta BC right, kind sure. of in right. a sense because you know we have a we had a lot of following, and our friends are like like crucial in this in, in our career and, and pivotal. I think just because of the support we had in Alberta, mm. but then that was just getting up to that point. The recording of the of the demo in a day and a half. We drove out, recorded it, drove home. Oh, to Vancouver. Yeah, and it's like back. it's like twelve hours from our from Cute, where yeah. we live. So twelve hours there, twelve hours back. Just a little drive over mm -hmm. a weekend. So we recorded it over kind of like a, a few days, and then when that was it. It was like that was for fun. That wasn't like okay, so there's the next thing we're gonna do, and then we're gonna give it to managers. We're gonna do, and we're gonna you know pitch it around. We, we just weren't there. Mm -hmm. I just we didn't think of it. We wanted to go. You know, do you want to see what a studio's like? Yeah, let's check it out. And then we did that, and it was great. And that was it. And so I went back and I was going to get a job, I think, checking wells, uh, oil wells, you know, good old Alberta. Good so, Alberta yeah, job. That's yeah. just what you do. Head up to the Mac. Yeah. Was, <laughs> or wherever you can go. Hard exactly, in the Mac. Right? Yes. So, so and then Mike had the, a copy of the, the album, obviously, and he was sleeping in, in, oh, in that was, yeah, that place, was when was I didn't even like have a, a, oh, a dealer's boy. den of some sort. Yeah. I was and it was the, oh, the typical, like, warehouse with graffiti and crap everywhere and it was like cat pissed rugs on oh, walls to make it quieter mark, and beautiful mark, right? yeah, yeah but the real deal yeah so, someone uh, some managers heard it and they said i think get, get it on the radio which they did and then they said hey they want you to come play a gig and we're like wow okay and then we're like well what's your band's name and we're like i have no idea we, did, we, we didn't, didn't have, have one band. we weren't yet. anything mm -hmm. and so that's when we're like well if this thing it might we can get a gig out there and it was at a place called the town pump in Gastown, Vancouver, yeah, I which know that is, place. Which was like the place to play. It was a hip place to play. Oh, yeah. it was the place Point to play in town. It was like that's where you wanted to get to. And we're like our first gigs there. Mm. Holy shit! We were opening for a band called Rust that was signed to Warner or was Apple that the first time at the pump or was it the Medicine Ball no, was the first time? No, at the that pump? was the second time. The, okay, the Rust that Medicine okay. Ball was the second time. And just for so people who don't understand, this is a huge gig to have for your for your, like your hundredth gig, and this is your very first gig. It's just a reputable, reputable. Yeah. I saw Dave place Matthews. To play. It's like playing the whiskey or something exactly, or whatever. Exactly, right. exactly. It's not a big place, but it's a reputable place. And so we came out in January '96. And he came up with the name, and we just moved forward. The name go back. Yes. Where did yeah. you get the name from? Say it, Mike. Uh, it, it's okay. I, I it doesn't bother. Me. It might bother some people to do it over and over. It doesn't bug me. Um, I'm just I, curious. I, no, it's okay. Uh, I uh, I worked at a coffee shop. Oh, and okay. I was making change. Seriously, <laughs> I had to give people five cents back all the time, and I was saying, "Here's your nickel back." And I said it so many times that I was like, "Wait a minute, that kind of <laughs> that works, I'm, right?" I'm, I'm saying it so much because it kind of like rolls off the, yeah. you know, like it's sort of. And, Sounds kind of interesting. And being like uh, dum dums from Canada that aren't into football and stuff, I didn't even know it was a position. Yeah, again, I again, I either. I again, it's a thing. It's a before. thing we <laughs> so, thought we made up, but we didn't. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like Hesher. So then You're he, two for two. Yeah. yeah so exactly. we're dating ourselves with the arrival of the internet, right. and you start searching. Oh, I wonder if anybody's talking about the band Nickelback. What's all this football shit going on here? What? Yeah. What's going, What's going what? on? We're, we got to compete with this. And then there was yeah. Nickelback. There was also a band called Nickelback at the time. <laughs> yeah. We're like. What? They're from like Portland or something. Yeah, or, so yeah, yeah, it was that. a little confusing, but so that was the impetus essentially. So. And that's how it started. Yeah. And then, and then, to, like we said, to to get to this level where there's a few bands in the world that have had, you know, whatever is it, fifty million records sold and all this sort of thing. Like, I, I mean, it, it that that to me just blows my mind when you hear that sort of a stat as well. You know what was what was the, the the opening breakthrough that got you guys? Was it how you remind me? For sure, how you remind me? Yes, how you remind me? Did you no? Did you have because every band has the, has either great management or the record company support? What was it for you guys? Who was like your real champion to to, to get to that point? 
Well, you can say me if you want, Mike. Okay, it's Ryan. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Idea. It's no, pretty much all due to Ryan. Because no, yes. <laughs> I don't have a really effective answer other than that. I mean, it, it, was, it was very much a... No, but, but when you're talking about isolating sort of a person or a group of people that, that's responsible for this, I think it was really a team effort between yeah. management, us, of course, a label, of course, our booking agents, like all these people. We had a, an army of people that, that would kill for us we we signed to a metal label roadrunner records which was right. kind of a nutty move yeah. that's um, interesting how yeah. did roadrunner have taken you because you said that's king diamond and annihilator and slip fear factory and slip Sample 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 yeah. yeah i was i was actually i just this occurred to me not that long ago which is weird because yeah. it's been a long time we haven't even been on the label for a long time i was a fan of the label yeah i used to buy records like I would buy albums because they were road just because of road runner. I, was, I remember pretty that. common like Metal Blade and stuff. Yeah, like I was that. like that with Metal Blade. If it yeah, came yeah. out of Metal Blade, Metal I would Blade buy was it. on That's the kind list of it, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. oh, they like it. That's gonna be yeah, good. it's gotta be good. That was yeah, Road it, Runner. It, it really was completely it was like that for me. So yeah. in the same, you know, so in the same kind of sentence, like we we're like, well, why? Did they, why do they want us? We're, we're nothing like these acts. Mm -hmm. And when we had the meeting, it was it was literally, I guess I don't know if you would call the dichotomy of going to RCA Records. Tower oh, yeah. like chrome, oh, yeah. yeah, and then going to Roadrunner Records, one floor, gritty, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it was really, they were like digging for what they, you know, what they believed. They had to you fight could, for that's everything. Why, that's was it why an they American were an American label, or was they it an American label? They're in New York, yeah. Well, they uh, actually they, had a new, the, they were in Holland at the time, the Netherlands, yeah. But the the New York office was, you know, the main be, brain. because the United mm -hmm. States is, is the number one market for music in the, yeah. in the world. Right, obviously, it's going to carry a lot of presence there. Yeah, for sure. But they were shifting gears. And we didn't realize at the time that they were they were talking to a, a radio guy that was. We knew that, that some of our songs had some. You know, we were rock, but rock was kind of coming. Started just starting to bubble right there and come around because previously we couldn't get, we couldn't get anybody to pay attention to us because it was you know things are very cyclical and and, mm -hmm. and and are looking for the next. They chase the next you know fascinating trend. Thing. Yeah. I think it was a female artist at the time, female solo artist at the time. What and year was Sarah this? Sarah Paula Cole and. Like the uh, mid nineties, this, this, this was like 90, the end of the nineties. No, okay, gotcha. Ninety eight, no, it was ninety nine. I think. Yeah, ninety eight recorded ninety nine. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that'd be more of also too like the new metal of Corn and and, and that, that sort starting, of stuff. Yes, that yeah. was definitely coming up as well. It wasn't. I don't know if it in Canada. I remember. I remember. It, you it, had wasn't, it like wasn't, that. wasn't. It wasn't. Nothing was. You know, because those people chase commercial trends, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These labels, so that stuff wasn't a commercial trend at all at the time at that, that time it was sarah mclaughlin it right. was paula cole and it was it great was that's great Twain. If, but if you weren't a female singer songwriter i remember at a point somebody oh, said i that know to me. if you were if you're not a singer like a female singer songwriter right now we're not writing so ridiculous right but that's it's just crazy, what people man. were looking yeah. for that's what they were after well, that's what kills trends if you look at you know if you liked you know if, if you want to call hair metal or whatever it was kind of yep yeah. bled that out yeah. and then the thrash metal thing and then yeah. grunge and then new metal it's just, they throw so much of it at you only the best bands survive and there's too many pretenders which is what kills the scene yeah you know yeah i mean it, yeah because the, the the and fatigue the industry yeah. at right. large doesn't know how to make hits it just knows how to chase hits right yeah. right the, and, and we we who do we what radio station was it we talked to z100 in new york or k-rock in la was they said we don't make hits we play hits yeah, the K-Rock was like, like that. Shit, Thanks, you're buddy. not gonna play our song, are you? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah. well, not till it's a hit. I'm like, well, oh, sure okay. weren't the cool kids at that time, but have we ever been the cool kids? Let's get real. But that was the the reason, like, like going back to what you said, you like Metal Blade albums, stuff like that. I mean, I I hadn't really been following um, the acts from Roadrunner at that point, but 
when you went there and you saw how much they believed like the people working for them were working to make the make everything work because they loved it you mm. could feel it like totally and so for us it was a no-brainer as a choice like we were you could get a major label deal or you can get a you know a great indie label deal and these guys were just like putting everything behind it and so i think that was like you know some people some bands hate their labels they did a great job for us i the, really you know we there we, were there, times when we there were times them. there were times there <laughs> absolutely don't, don't, don't get me wrong there, 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 there were times to no there were times of headbutting for sure absolutely yeah don't there always wrong. will be but uh and we and we heard about this just lately but we heard there was a case vessels the guy that owned the, the label when a guy owned the label mm-hmm. about the memo he put out when we uh we did put the state out went touring sold i don't know three hundred thousand albums so we didn't like boom like they wanted and you know burned a lot of their cash and most we spent know, a lot most of majors money would go there mm-hmm. just cut you loose and they were just like guys we got to get this money back somehow man like i don't know you know it's <laughs> like so we're gonna put you out there you're gonna do it again we're gonna do it again we're like well, I'm, I'm good with that and that was silver side up and when how you remind me came out and was released he put out this apparently this inter-office memo just saying i didn't even heard of until two years ago <laughs> and he was just like I, I, I can't I can't quote verbatim what he said or but he said it's probably in Dutch so don't worry about it yeah it's probably yeah but it was completely <laughs> like saying I believe in this song I believe in this hit I believe and I need to see you guys giving it 110% everywhere here I won't settle for people you know resting on their heels for this thing and and just big motivating I need you to do this this one mm-hmm. is going to work and we believed in our stuff too but it was nice it's nice to hear when you have somebody that you're working with kind of like coming from the top like that i don't sure. i don't think it was lip service i think it was like i don't know I but that he was, was not he like was right it wasn't like being well, a normal label nice. though, because it's nice when you're right <laughs> for sure right but you hear these you know or you work with these people these labels and you realize at the time and i think it's still the case there's a big difference between an indie and a major mm. because a major just has this titanic wallet that they can just throw at their problems right they can they can solve their problems with money the indies, especially the Roadrunner people, remember these people. Metal. These people right. are trying to get people to buy Fear Factory records, right? Right. So nothing's coming easy. They fight for everything. Like Fear Factory is a deadly band. I love them. I'm I'm a huge fan of of the work that they did. Deadly. Then. I love them. Deadly. Eh? <laughs> They're so deadly good. <laughs> I just love them. But to make that a commercial success of any kind is going to be a war. Their appeal only goes to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right. not commercially. It's 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 just it simply isn't. It doesn't appeal to a wide enough right base of people. So you sell your records one at a time, and you get out there and you fight. And we watched them do that. Where the other labels were, I remember talking about it when we were talking about what label to talk to. And I remember somebody. I don't know if it was one of our I management or something like that said, "Well, if you're on a major label, you got six weeks." Mm-hmm. You make a record, you spend all the promo money, you do all the lead up, you do all the prep time. They release it in six weeks. If it hasn't popped yet, you're done. It's, They're going to yeah, drop you. Yeah, yeah. They're going to move that on. Happen. It's funny. I watched that. I'm not, I'll leave the band unnamed, mind you, but a band I really liked from Canada got picked up in the States. They got six weeks and they were like super popular in Canada and they would have been great. But they six weeks and, but dude, and there, they got cut loose. There's, there's so like many shame. bands like that. Like even oh, like if course. you go back, like one of my favorite bands from like the early '80s, Streetheart. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, got probably there you go. twenty amazing songs. Yeah, better than Loverboy. Yep. But Loverboy made it, and Streetheart didn't. Yeah, why is that? Record exactly. company, whatever that happens, and it's a shame when you see it. Well, you can talk about the hip too. Well, like, dude, that's the biggest one of all. I mean, like they're in the hearts of every Canadian. Like they're 
going to go down in history as like one of the best. Maybe, maybe the bands. biggest Canadian band in Canada. Absolutely. Ever. Like ever. blows Rush for, away. Right? For me, one of the best bands ever, but they'll be in Canada. They got, they got kind of uh, stuck with Canada for whatever, for whatever reason is. We, we had a whole podcast about that. So people listening know about the hip. What is your theory about why the hip never made it, made it further? Well, and I shouldn't say that because they played lots of places. I shouldn't no, but say we're saying there's, there's a stadium band in like, Canada. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, Honestly, I, I, you know what I think? Okay, you go ahead. Okay, I'll go, I'll you go say ahead. What you and, say, I know what, and I'll say what I say. I know what you're going to say, and it's like, but what, what I'm going to... Then you what, can say what I'm going to say, too. No, I'm going to say then something Then I'm going to say what you both said. Yeah. Let's all say it together, guys. Me, me, me. Go. No. Honestly, I've heard theories. Everybody's heard theories, and I'm sure they're sick and tired of hearing that kind of shit. It's the Illuminati, isn't it? Yeah, maybe, right? I knew it. Opportunity and timing. I think we, in, in, in respect to us, we were so lucky with timing, with the, the type of music, uh, was people were ready for it. The, 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 s- the single worked at the time. It just happened. So, sometimes you just don't get that right opportunity yeah. or that right spot or that right moment. I have, I'm, I'm such a believer in that. And you, you need to be in the game for that to happen, number one. So everybody, so, so you know, everybody's out there trying and stuff like that. But I think timing is is so crucial in this because like you say everybody says there's so many great bands why didn't these guys man why they're great bands i don't know timing Mm -hmm. and matching up something with an emotional connection to something i I don't know but i think timing and opportunity is 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 everything huge so let's get back to what i was going to say let's do this mike what was i going to say well you said you knew what i was going to say what i was going to say well i'll tell you later Tell me after I say it. I'm right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to see because you probably can <laughs> finish. You see, we we know each other so well. Yeah. We finish each other's sentences. Sandwiches. Yeah. Boom, boom. Yep. You know, I think your suspicion is this and it's right. And I don't think it's right, though, but go on. Okay. I think that the reason that they are such a great Canadian band is because they are so Canadian. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is the Achilles heel. I think their biggest hit song outside of Canada was New Orleans is Sinking mm-hmm. because they weren't singing about Timmins, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think that's right, yeah. but I think it's the fact. I, I agree with you on that. I think it was overtly Canadian. I think the pivotal moment for them is when they played SNL when Absolutely, Dan Ackley got them on mm-hmm. and they, they went out with Grace, Grace too, 2, which is a grower not a shower oh, it's yeah. probably my favorite hip song it's one of my favorite hip but songs. i did album. not i didn't like it at first i'm like why would they play this why would they do 50 mission cap or yeah. new orleans just sinking yeah or you know a blow at high door yeah. or a little bones something that had yeah. some drive to it but they yeah. did nautical disaster and i love the, that one i i know but like once again i know, you, I know what you're saying it's it's a very canadian style sure. thing and also too had a springsteen or a pearl jam who loved the hip from what I hear taking them with them on tour, maybe it would have been a difference, but they never had a real, a real champion for them in the States that went, who cares if they're Canadian, we're going to take them out and we want you to hear what they they're have awesome. opportunity. Yeah. They're, they're just That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, so, I, I, understand. I, I kind of disagree with the timing. I don't not to, you know, you're wrong. not to lock horns with you, it, but you're but, wrong. But timing sandwiches, sandwiches. Right. Thank <laughs> but the timing argument doesn't really make sense. Cause what's their career? Like a hundred years. They, they went over every trend there is. Yeah. You know, so the timing, passed them by several no, but times I, uh, but, and, and, but just because fair, you're right? in a genre doesn't in, in a similar genre for it's that's kind of hot right now and that doesn't mean necessarily what timing necessarily means maybe you get the right the right gig at the right moment at and somebody sees you maybe pearl gems there and it's like you can call the opportunity timing same thing but oh, maybe somebody's there to give them, I, I know what you're right? saying, you know what I'm saying? Now, yeah mm-hmm. I, that's kind of what i mean i'm not yeah. talking about era 
Okay. Right. Time okay. Right. But you mentioned around this time frame when 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 this music was coming back in. You talk about how your mind how it broke through because, yeah. like I said, I remember as we talked about it, we were at the NHL Awards in 2002 or something, oh and you guys played that tune. It was when it was at its peak, yeah. and it was kind of when guitar-driven rock and roll with solos. <gasps> guitar solos are allowed yeah. to be played again, and Imagine. you guys were right there at that point in time. Once again, there's your timing sure. coming out with a great tune, and people were kind of open and ready for it, because it was a real huge radio hit pretty much out of the gate from what I remember. It was it was the right song at the right time. It's yeah. crazy. That's, it was that's really crazy. Was. Like, yeah. and, and again, I don't even... Like, I mean, there's lots of great songs out there and stuff, and I don't even know why. I don't like to ask necessarily so much why, because it, <laughs> it worked out, it was great, but yeah, it just, it popped, it went everywhere for us, and that just opened all the doors, like, globally, and that's when we started to really go to work, and we really, really focused on, you know, putting everything we made right back into the show, mm -hmm. right back into the show, because it was always about having people walk away, you know, saying, I like the CD, I think I like them better live. Because this is something for people that, that 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 don't know Nickelback, don't know how big your show is and how much pyro and how heavy it is. And there's that whole side of that people that aren't Nickelback fans don't know about, like you said. Well, and, and I can tell you why that it's, it's interesting. Someone was, someone mentioned that the other day. I'm trying to think of who it was where they, oh, it was our Steve Call, our agent. He said, okay. he played, uh, he play, He said, he go, I forgot. He goes, I forgot. I actually, I deliberately didn't play certain songs for my daughter, he said, because of song content. So she thought we were this pop band. Mm. Oh. And uh, and so she said, you didn't tell me they did this and this and this. And it's like, your radio-friendly songs get picked first when you're on a label. I yeah. get it. And we did have rock, rock songs out there that got, I guess, were radio-friendly and got picked up by certain you know active modern rock radio stations. But we like the lighter stuff. We like the heavier stuff, too. And that stuff didn't always get picked up in that sense, too. So we have this kind of spectrum of music. I mean, everybody's got their spectrum I, music, I just, but we like the, the real melodic stuff. And I like the real heavy I, stuff. I love the... I love the the uh, I, I have fun with the hater sphere. Really. Let's talk about because you yeah. came into the yeah, dressing yeah, yeah. room. We talk about yeah, we yeah. have a lot of similarities um, in that because yeah. we have it too with our band. People talk because mad of shit. me. Yeah, people talk right. mad shit. Right. Um, the thing that I always found to be just hilarious about the 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 hater sphere of us in particular was people saying, "Oh, all their music sounds the same. It's all the same radio shit. You just hear everything on the radio, and it's all the same." Well, if it's shit on the radio what are you doing listening to the radio <laughs> if you don't listen to the radio you wouldn't hear it so what you're saying is you're intentionally listening to music you don't like yeah. what the f's wrong with you <laughs> like, what you know what i mean like how how can this yeah, how can yeah. this possibly yeah, compute but, uh, in, a, in a logical world if a person says oh it's all that same shit you, you that i hear on the radio it's like well what that's radio music that you're listening to well, yeah, but on, then once on again, radio. I mean, that'd be, that'd be like, I don't know, take an extreme. Oh, more than words. That's a shit radio song. Okay, great. But they have a thousand great funk metal, Completely. great tunes. Totally. Or like, you know, yelling at Metallica because of Andrew Sandman. Okay, well then go listen to Four Horsemen and go listen to Spit Out the Bone from the new record. It's as thrashy as it gets. Yeah. There's always that element of, of fans. Like I always say, wrestling fans, Jericho fans, Kiss fans, Star Wars fans, they hate everything. But they still listen to it and still of course they do. continue to buy I think, it. And... I think there's more of those yeah. shit talkers in the audience every night than not. Really? Yeah. I believe they buy tickets. Even at your show. Right. At your shows. Oh, yes. Yeah. And because it's funny because well, like, which ahead. is funny. Well, I was going to say they, they parrot, you know, people parrot a lot of things, right? You know, Bingo. And the internet. What's is... that called? Positive confirmation bias? Positive oh, it's, it's confirmation con bias. Heard that yeah. One before. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. love confirmation bias. Everybody Positive knows. confirmation bias. It's, well, it's the thing that when it went in, in a... In a room full of people, when somebody says something that's accepted in the Overton window and all the heads nod, 
positive confirmation Bingo. by it because they're saying something that they already feel like everybody's going to agree with as soon as they say it. Just to get the That's approval why they're of the saying room. It. Gotcha. They're not saying it because it's their opinion. They're saying it because they want people to accept them. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, that, that, that's human nature. I, I kind of get Holy that. shit. I'm, I am yeah, sitting on a black leather couch, Anna. Yeah, right? And he's like, what a breakthrough, Mike. Oh, my God. But you, 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 I mean, like you were saying as well, you, 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 you I, I didn't, you know, I don't, everybody lives in their own microcosm, sure. right? It's, like it's, yeah, always, yeah. it's always worse for you, it seems. But it's like everybody gets their, their degree of hate and degree of detractors and vitriol on the, on the internet. So it's like you understand it more where you're, in the eye of the hurricane, I think right. of your own hurricane, and uh, maybe it's you think it's only your own ones happen, happening to you, right? Sometimes, well, I, I know it happened with us for years because Fozzie exists and Jericho's in the band, and Jericho's also a wrestler. So automatically, oh, it's just it's just a wrestler thing, and we had to work twice as hard to get people's yep. respect yep. just because of me. That's it. But once we got it, then people are like, oh wow, this is really cool. We like it. Yeah. Or listen, if you don't like it, that's fine. But at least listen to it. Don't just say I don't like it. I don't know anything guy. about your wrestling yeah. career. I know you're the guy from Fozzie, man. But there you go. And there's a lot of people that, that are that now. You too. crush. You cr your well, band's heavy as dude. And we were laughing too, like when I, like, you were reading some of our comments. Uh -huh. and one one guy was like, I love Fozzie, but you're playing with Nickelback. I'm never liking Fozzie again. It's, you guys, how stupid are you? Like Nickelback, <laughs> wow. Let's not like Nickelback with 10,000 screaming fans a night, 50 million records sold. It's like, can I be in a band that, that sucks that bad too, Sounds please? Like a terrible right? experience. <laughs> you know? I didn't realize this. Like, I mean, it, it, we would be like so polarizing. Like, it, that's the one thing that's kind of shocking to me is like, I don't, I but don't I, you feel I, like I it would like, cause the polarization well, though? I don't know. It's like, what is it, right? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there's theories and whatnot uh, I've I've read, which I don't know. If he, there's there's a Illuminati. lot of theories. On, there's a lot of theories in the internet. I wasn't like really hyper aware of any sense uh, in the '70s when the disco like polarization was right. really going on. That was the first time I'd heard of. Uh, after that was that you know people just were like just like crazy about disco hate at that point. People getting mad about something about some kind of music kind of thing, and I'm just like. Just don't listen. Right. Don't listen Turn to it. Like, off I mean, like that, it. and that's yeah. when I was a younger age. Like you listen to what you like, and you listen, you go with what you like, and I don't get too wound up about it. So when when that happens, I try to get inside their heads as to why why the people get so wound up about it. Just like there's a choice. Mm -hmm. Why do you get wound up about this thing? But people get so, wound up about stuff. I, I, that I think matter. people people like to commiserate. They do. They love to just talk about what they you know what what um, itches their ass, so to speak. Yeah. And, and and oh, you too. Yeah. Da, da, but, da, da. But, but Price I, of gas sucks these days, right? Yeah, it's just yeah, getting built over with this. But I, like, I you know, think I get it. I think that's that's very rock and roll. I never wanted to be in a band or anything that I've done where people go, that's eh, not bad. I want people to go, it fucking rules or I fucking hate it. Because mm -hmm. when I grew up, it was different back in then. I'm a couple of years older, you guys, but when like when Metallica first came out, people hated Metallica. Yeah. And I was like, I love Metallica. Yeah. I remember getting in fights over Metallica or getting in fights over Kiss or you know, mm -hmm. any of these bands. It's like that's that's you're standing up for your band and, and if you don't like it you i love this band even more yeah i think that's that's kind of a cool thing to have it's definitely rock and roll attitude that's for damn sure i mean right. it's, it's 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 it was the it was more hard i guess it's more targeted uh mm -hmm. punk well the you <laughs> know was like it, everything it, yeah, 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 yeah so <laughs> as as a small aside here talking about people that have you know uh reined in a their fair share of hate one of the guys i met yesterday on the mat at Henzo's place is uh is a dude named uh, Harley Flanagan. You know who that is? Chromags. Chromags. That guy is the definition of not giving a f 
<laughs> because you look at their band, the music they played, the crap, those are riots. Their yeah, audiences yeah, yeah. are riots. Those are not safe places. Mm -hmm. And they never have been. They're still going. And, and uh, you know, and I, I have my picture taken with him on the mat, right? So he's doing uh, jujitsu. He's a black well. belt, man. He, he's a slayer. Ooh, he's he, he's great. that guy is a, is an assassin, he's, dude. I that guy was punk in like 1985, oh, dude. The Cro-Mags, way ahead of their time. Yeah, way ahead of their time. They invented. Headfield used to wear a Cro-Mags yes. shirt like in 1985. Yes, yes. Charlie and Scott, the Anthrax. Oh, yes, man. They those guys were leaders before people could even understand what they were doing. Yeah. But, you know, I had my picture taken with him and he goes, yeah, I'm going to post this on my Instagram. I was like, I said the same thing I said to you. <laughs> Look out. Like, Hang on for the shit storm, man. They're <laughs> going to they're gonna talk some mad shit about you. They, we get a lot of hate. And he goes, he goes, you think you get some hate, brother? He goes, you should see. I've been eating it for decades. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he's like, they're not going to give me anything I've never had before. Right, and, goes, and, and what was funny was he told me he didn't get any. He goes, he goes, I think it's because they think we're going to choke them all out. <laughs> I was like, I think they're right. But if you come to it, like come to one of your shows, like I said, like I remember seeing, uh, I don't remember when it was, maybe it was after Dime passed away or maybe it was just in your set. You guys were covering a Pantera tune or at least playing yeah. some yeah, Pantera play or at least, yeah. or maybe, maybe you had Pantera to lead you into the, to the show. We, we usually went up to walk. Yeah. To walk. Right. But yeah. we also, you know, I think Chad would play some Cowboys. But did you, did you, did you, is it sad, but true that you do? There's something you we do. Did, yeah. We, we, we did, did sad, but true on a European tour. Yeah. yeah. We did that a while back. So that I mean, was back the, the you pull it off and it sounds great. Cause you have such a heavy tone of guitars. Like I played, I have a show on octane and I played uh, the new Fozzie tune and I followed up with animals. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I got a lot of positive response. People, we haven't heard, uh, Nickelback on Octane in, in a while. Yeah, so cool. there yeah, you go, boys. Really yeah. stood up Thank and you. that was but very that's nice. That's a killer you. tune you. and it's fast and this cool bass line and like really like Bon Scott lascivious lyrics that has a story where you get busted by the dad at the end. I'm like, this is this is great. You was, know, it's a great tune. It it's, a, it's a driving tune. It's yeah. a tune to get speeding tickets. That's to. right. That's you right. Know, it's, it's funny how like the songwriting of that song was was actually quite hilarious. We had three days left for the album and there was. I think on the on the on the chart in the wall, it was it was D dot doot dot da dee dot. That was the name of the song, and uh, we're missing and, the title and we were panicking time, yeah. because we had to we had to go on tour, we'd leave, and and, and or album delivery was this day or something, and literally it was like two or three days. Chad grabbed the CD of the of the music, sat in the car, wrote the lyrics in about an hour, came back up, and I was I was like blown away at that. At that. It was like it was very very. They're really good. It was well well done yeah. in that kind of thing. But but to, to back to what you're saying about about playing heavy stuff and stuff like that's we we, we grew up on that. We grew mm. up on like yeah. Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax and Testament and you know I was listening to all the hardcore shit like you know yeah. Chromax Chromax yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, all that punk shit back then the, yeah. the real gritty stuff that was offensive. Like I had a massage therapist show up to my hotel room and I was listening to Chromax and I had left the door like ajar so she could just come in. She came in. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry about the music." You know, you just I just instantly apologize because when you listen to Chromags loud, if somebody who you don't think gets it comes in, you apologize, you apologize. because it's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I did that to you." <laughs> you know, this is this isn't for you. I'm sorry. I remember I bought Number of the Beast at a at a comic book shop, probably 1986 or seven, and I put it on. Of course, we all know the song, and then of course, right when the chorus is going on, my mom comes in the room. She's like, "You you have to." 
turn that off. I'm like, the whole album isn't like this. Honest, yeah, yeah. it's not. I'm sorry. I won't play Number of the Beast in the house anymore. Yeah. You feel bad because other people are listening, yeah. right? Oh, for sure. The devil, the best marketing <laughs> yeah. man in the world. Devil music. Let's yes. talk about um, when I was going through some of your tunes, uh, just kind of like I always kind of like listen to some tunes and remember stuff. I forgot the song that I heard every monday night for probably eight oh, years yeah. oh yes burn it to the ground right about that. another killer riff <laughs> and a great a great chorus was the theme of raw for i don't know was it eight years seven years five years oh, sure felt know. like a long ass time <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was six Talk months about, Chris. that's how bad it was, was, it was I, no, I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> I, I, once. I, 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 honestly, I had to give you a written apology here for this and, uh, i don't even album. know how long it was that was uh that was really um really nice uh, of them to to select and and get behind that song, I think it did us a lot of favor. Does that does that help? I mean, obviously, I'm sure it helps the song and helps the band when absolutely, oh, absolutely, the show absolutely, like all that kind of stuff. The familiarity with, with that is is it definitely is it went up a ton that you knew about. Did you submit the song or did you just get a call one day saying, "Hey guys"? I think it was. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how that went down. Whether it was solicited or whether somebody asked us. That's a good question. I'm not sure. It was through through Roadrunner at the time. But I know that when when they came to ask us, we were just like, oh, yeah, of course that mm-hmm. that that'd be a great idea, and it seems to make sense. So it's such a, it's such a great, it's just a live motivating. You know, you obviously it really sorry, I, I could explain it all I want, but you listen <laughs> to it, you you feel it. It's like that's how it was written. You know, when we were in the studio, we were trying to get the mutt was trying to get these uh, mutt lang when we were producing that one. He was like, I forgot let's get these haze, let's oh, get yeah. these haze. And, so fun. And I remember, I mean, doing that, it's like it was, it's hilarious. We'd be talking about stuff and. He's like, oh, we should have some gang vocals in here. Let's let's go, let's go, let's go. And he can grab me and go in there. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm I'm like, I could sing back, you know, backup gangs next to Mutt. Mutt's like an awesome singer. Oh, dude, I think he grabbed His my brother for one incredible. of them too, bro. I'm not sure if he's on that one or what, but there was like, you know, four or five of us in this tiny little one person vocal vocal booth doing these gang vocals for it. But it just all made sense. It all came together really well, and it's supposed to be that live, energetic song and. Man, it really, it really translated. How was it working with Mutt Lang? I forgot that you guys were with him. Mm. What record was that? Dark Horse. Dark Horse. That was another big one for you guys. Yeah, it worked yeah, well. We, it, well it, Mutt it was really great. Well. I, I love Mutt. I think it was, it was definitely nice. We, we had done, uh, I think Silver Side Up was the last one we had done with the producer. So we did the Long Road on our own, and we did all the right reasons on our own. And so we knew that uh, we were looking at. Can we play video games here? Don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> Mutt Lang's on the phone. Mutt Lang's, Lang, ears are burning. Um, but yeah, so we, we decided to work with the producer at that point. And I can't, I mean, I, could, I won't go through the whole story, but he actually took our call and was like, yeah, I totally want to work with this. And that was fantastic because we were all huge fans. Huge but, fans. Uh, us at the time were like, I mean, I mean, I think when we started listening, really digging into music, it would have been, I know Hysteria was the first one I remember that was just so, had such an impact. But Going back to ACDC, okay, you know, obviously black back in and, black yeah. and the cars and Foreigner. I mean, Even that, the Shania stuff is her. Brian well, Adams, uh, Waking Up the Neighbors. Brian Adams, Waking Up the yeah, Neighbors. Man. Like, huge album. Great album, too. So we were just stoked that he wanted to come work with us. So great songwriter, great collaborator for, for producing as well. Like, he just, and an amazing singer. Oh, At nine it, in the morning, man. He can just like. Incredible. Like, it's unbelievable. I could, I, sometimes I couldn't tell the difference between him and Brian Adams sometimes. Like, like. He's got such a You know what's so funny is, is is you're so right about this, and I've really started noticing it uh, on the ACDC records. Mm-hmm. Uh, Given the dog a bone, that chorus, it's all Mutt Lang. Go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Given the dog a bone, mm-hmm. given the dog. It might as well be from, like, you know, Hysteria. And the other one is uh, is Touch Too Much. 
you listen to that mm, chorus, yeah. like there's no way it's Malcolm and Angus. Going, Touch too much. <laughs> like it's all him. I'm like, you can take that exact voice, oh, yeah. put it on hysteria, put it on, uh, you know, man, you make me feel like a woman, put it on yeah. you know, all this stuff, put on your albums. And he, so he, he does a lot of vocals on every record that he, that he, Absolutely. That he produces. I always wonder why he did. I asked him like, why, why, why don't you play in a band? <laughs> he just he, he likes did. being a phantom. He, he, he was a he was a uh, bass yeah. player in a band Hidden. in the seventies. Yeah, oh, okay. I know. Yeah, yeah, that makes but, sense. But ever since no, since his career started going really well, is kind of what I was talking about. Oh, <laughs> he just like he's like, no, nah, this is all right. This is good. It's like oh, how about this? Mutt Lang plays in the band with Desmond Child. It's the biggest band of all time, <laughs> okay. right? Right? Yeah. yeah. But I some know. guys like to be behind the scenes, I guess you know. <laughs> Yeah. So as we start to wind down here, I mean, we're talking about the longevity of the band and how big you guys still are, even though radio is not as much of a factor mm -hmm. for you guys anymore because the business has changed as well. Right. So what is your what is your business model now? If Because it, it's not so much radio wise. You still put out the records and just go on tour and the fans just keep coming. And that's how it works at this point in time. As far as business models go, I, I think we have to do what we've kind of done the whole time, which is learn what to do interesting and then do it yeah. uh because we can't operate like we operated even on the last album you know this stuff's changing so fast how do you mean by that just the the way that music gets out to people mm -hmm. is different now the way that you get yourself out to people you know it, it, it you you can break it down simplistically to record tour record tour but there's also how do you bring it to the people how do you interface with your people how do you get it out there is radio is irrelevant mm. the and streaming like, services unless are unless you're a band like yeah. ours like radio really helped us get known mm -hmm. but for i can see what you're saying on your end for, for yeah. bands growing it helps a lot yeah oh yeah 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 for bands yeah. that are already for built sure. for sure for sure got your it, it just it is it is really really hard for rock bands to get on the sure radio. it is for you to get radio is spectacular it's, hard, yeah. it's very very difficult for for every one rock band that gets on the radio there's Ten thousand that want that to don't, and can't, yeah. but I, you know, so the, streaming is different. The, you were well, saying streaming is different, and and that's different than downloads was, and you know, they, er, er, it, we have to constantly be evolving with the world we're in because every record to record, it's different every time. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna have to learn again mm -hmm. and continue to learn. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a whole new world. Like I mean, on so many facets because. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I I'm still you know for a sweet callback. I'm still a dinosaur listening to. Uh, nice one. You like that? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Very friends. good, man. Very good. Um, Very sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yeah, sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sentences. Um, You're still listening to the dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I still I still do it. Uh, you know, listen to uh, certain stations for for different reasons sometimes than than just uh, keeping current, but. I mean, ask anybody. Like, I've you know, you've got kids. I've got kids, and I'm like, and I and I've got a my kid's 16. And I've got another kid that uh, we basically adopted into the family. He's like 21, 22, mm -hmm. and I, so I kind of get this range, demographic range as to like where do you get mu your music? And by that, I started like, do you even listen to the radio? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, not like obviously phones. They listen to their phones or computers or YouTube. friends or YouTube. And it can it can come from a blurb on Instagram. It doesn't necessarily mean that right. that could be the way it come it, it it's delivered, right? That's how you service your music. Sometimes we're we're finding like we're we're right in the middle of doing, and we kind of previewed it last um, last year, a documentary on us, and it's kind of strange because it evolved from a 
EPK, an EPK, right? Going electronic press Electron- kit. Electronic as press kit is what, what they call it. it. <laughs> which is like, hey, here's the. That's back when electronic yeah. was like a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly. Ooh, I want yeah. some. It's Put called cassette in. Digital. Yes. It's, um, not, it's not a stack of papers <laughs> um, anymore. But, but it's funny. And this is kind of how we've kind of worked through the years, too, is that we saw this digital press kit for uh, Feed the Machine, and it was supposed to be 15 minutes. We looked at it like, holy, that's actually some fantastic footage like the got the cameras going it looks great maybe we just get them to film a little more on the road and just hang on to it for a second and then we'll just film a little more and then just, let's just do a little more and then it just started kind of snowballing and it's becoming some kind of i wanted to have a bit of a history just for us just for a family to see this is what's happened mm-hmm. this is where we are now and da, 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 da. but it's starting to kind of turn into something besides a just kind of a chronological history of the band now it's this kind of it's it's a bit different. So we're and that also is another way to reach people these sure. days is through the videos, TV, not and not music videos, but just like personal interest Tell them stuff. The story of the yeah. band, yeah. And it's not and it's it, it's just started as I, I wanted to have something conversations with us together. Those are the best things when you find instead of individual sit downs, it feels like an interview. But when you actually chat about stuff, you kind of dig up other things. So I found it completely fascinating this mm-hmm. whole time as well. So. Yeah, you got to get creative. You got to dip and slide. Yeah, you got to stay right? ahead of the head of the curve. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it's been fun. That part's been fun doing it. So maybe we'll drop that sometime in a bit here, and we'll try to compete with the Jonas Brothers uh, documentary. And <laughs> good <how> luck <laughs> compete with the Jonases. No, the Jonas. no I, way. I saw you watching the Kiss video, uh, Mike, with a big smile on your face. You guys ever tour with Kiss or play any so- play any shows with them? We played one Ooh, show yes. with Kiss, big show on the New Year's Eve of Y two K when everybody's toaster was going to take over their house yeah we were on stage with these guys and uh i was the reason i was smiling was because i had a little internal monologue because there's this one scene and what is this rock and roll all night video it's made yeah and there is a scene where the 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 camera is 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 on the guys and they're talking and then it sort of like pans them out of the frame and it's just some girl walking away in a bikini it's from the exposed video yeah. yeah and i'm like so what you're saying is if we do what you do, we'll get those. Oh. Isn't that always the way, though? If, I, if I play this guitar, of course, of course. I can do that. That's what the you know. That's why all these women are half naked walking through the video. It's like this is what <laughs> yes, we this do. is it. Yeah, is that the only reason you're here, Mike. <laughs> Chicks, man. Well, all right. When you guys, when you guys were starting out, who who were some of the bands that took you out on tour? Was first started cool out for early, early band called Big Sugar. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Big, Sugar? Like Big Canadian band. Yeah, that yeah. was actually Big a really. Great. Uh, like we got a lot of under the band that never really cracked the states. Yeah, from that, exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and good albums too. Like I really thought albums. they they were going to. I really I really thought that uh, that that they were they were going to open it up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Just one of those things that didn't quite. Big wreck too. Big big wreck. We did some big wreck. We, did, we uh, played with them a lot, and that's another one that I was like, these guys are just stars. Yeah. They're <laughs> stars, and it's going to break. You know, to to quote one of their songs, it's going to be blown wide open because. They're so good. Mm. You know, they're just so good. They formed a super group called Big Sugar Wreck, I heard. Big Sugar Wreck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. That's I'm not sure if that's true. Well, we, we'll, I'll find out about that. <laughs> Look it up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you, so, you guys haven't really opened for anybody in a long time. It's been headlining everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, did a, we did a run with Bon Jovi. Ooh, that was fun. Six How was that? Ago. It's good. Was, it was learning, really great. Learning oh, curve there, yeah. I mean, like, they, they go to Europe and stuff and just, like, stadiums. And it's like, mm-hmm. it was like, it was fantastic. It was great. They're they're all super nice to us and great shows and. What's your biggest country outside of the states? Germany's pretty good for us. Let me think. UK's pretty good. UK's good. Australia, Australia's pretty good. Good. What's the place that's Tough really to say. good? 
got a great worldwide fan base all across the board. Yeah, I mean, I wish there were more places to play in Japan. Japan's mm, a lot yeah. of fun too. Uh, Japan's fun. That's probably good. That's good. Greenland. To... Green... Nice. Let's stay topical, all right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. No, I... Reykjavik. We've never been there. Yeah. yeah. I'd like, actually. I want to go to Reykjavik. Try, I'm trying to figure <laughs> that, out some kind of skeleton. But that's Iceland. System. You see, that's <laughs> that'll be the next one. Oh, like, I know uh, it is. Not <laughs> no, I've actually been there. It was like I, I saw they've got a nice place to play there. Actually, that'll be the next one. Yeah, guys, uh, we got another couple of days with Nickelback for Fozzie. It's in Greenland. Yeah. Like, I was there. <laughs> I was there I, when I, he I, wanted I, I, talking about. I'm still, it. I was there when there were icebergs. They actually had icebergs. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still stewing on trying to figure out what's the big. But we're not. We're not like that band that's like. You know, there's a lot of bands, a lot of artists that are like, yeah, I do okay here, but yeah. I'm big in Japan. Right. You know, right. like it, we're, yeah, I think but, we're kind of like, so you guys got to like, sorta. like Kid Rock. We did a tour with Steel Panther in Australia and Kid Rock was opening for Bon Jovi. Mm. And the reason why he took the gig was because his girlfriend wanted to go to Australia. He's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's only a hundred grand a show, but uh, my girlfriend wanted to come to Australia. He said, I never wanted to come to Australia because I can sell out Louisville. Why the f do I want to come to Australia? And I thought about it and his mindset, his, his point wow. is I can sell out in the mm -hmm. states yeah yeah why do i want to go you know 20 hours down the road yeah to do the same that's thing that's kind of my understanding of, of 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 his sort of idea of 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 his career is you know to stick to america it's america they, yeah. they, to get him to canada is is it's, is, it's a stretch right yeah. uh, he he has never attempted the rest yeah. of the world just because he's he's got it kind of made mm -hmm. everybody the has US their own plan and, man. and and i understand yeah you know, i understand what he's thinking some People don't want to go someplace where you need a translator or order breakfast. You know, I'm <laughs> that into doesn't work it. for me though. <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. You, you like going around? Tra oh, traveling? I love. Oh, I love going, I love going around. So I come home thing. and I'm bored when, when you, I when, when I you guys started. Everything. How old were you? Early twenties. In as as the band, yeah, we just, were twenty. I was twenty three. So Mike was thirty nine. And uh, yeah, currently ninety five years yeah. old. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> looking good. Don't look a day over seventy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but thank that's you. the thing. I've been doing this since I was nineteen. And whether, like I said, whether it was being living in Okotoks and driving to Rimby or Cochrane or whatever it was, you're still on the tour, right? Yeah. I got I got a weekend of shows. It doesn't just go away. Yeah, you need to stay home more. Yes, I do. But I still got to go do shit and see things and play you know and do yeah. stuff right it's a it's a weird thing it's almost like a learned a learned thing i suppose like like you again you obviously know that the traveling living yeah, on a suitcase it's just yeah you just do it and you and i and luckily i'm i'm married to somebody who just is like all about that too yeah. probably if, you know if um, she's a traveler your wife oh yeah yeah, yeah it goes to different a lot of different places but uh <laughs> but uh yeah so it really really works for us that's really cool so, man. yeah it's, it's great Last question for you. After all these years of playing, what's your favorite songs to play live? Other people's songs. <laughs> That's what I was going to no, be kidding. my answer. <laughs> None of ours. Uh, favorite song to play live? That's a good question. Um, so I was looking at your set list the other day. It was one that was on the floor. I just happened to walk by. I think it was from a couple shows ago. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I know like a bunch of Nickelback songs, but I'm looking at this. It's like, well, I know all the Nickelbacks. I know that one and that one and that one. Yeah. That one. Oh, wow. I forgot that about that one. I didn't know about that one. See, that's a struggle for me uh -huh. personally, because I, I like to play the, the songs people recognize and stuff. And for sure, I mean, that, that's got to happen because I wouldn't want to go to a show with my favorite band. They play all B-sides and it's right, just right, you're right, like, come right. on. <laughs> but I mean, and I don't even mean B-sides, but we do have a lot of like songs that we used to play. Because when you start, as you know, you know, with the state, we played all of them. Yes. And so we're set up. We played almost all of them. And so there's a bunch that we hadn't played. We just put a song called Hangnail back in the set, which I really like because it's just kind of, uh, you know, meat and potatoes rock tune, which I really like to play. Mm -hmm. uh, I like playing Someday and 
you know, I burn at the ground is always fun for sure for a rock song, but gotta be is just like musically. I like the the harmonies and stuff. I really mm. I dig that. How about you? Uh, musically, I find it kind of hard to choose one, um, but for the live experience itself. I really enjoy, I have kind of a perception of this. And I don't know if it's right or not, but when we play million miles an hour, I really like to play that song a lot. Cause it's, it's, it's kind of a heavy metal yep. song. It's, it's a hard driving song. And, and I get to, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's kind of like being in a fight, you know, it, it sounds like what a fight feels like. Mm -hmm. uh, but what ha what we did is we programmed a light show for that song and a video content for that song that is basically an assault. And I really enjoy watching the confusion in the audience because they're just like, oh, God, what's happening to me? <laughs> like they, you know, when we first started playing it, I remember Chad and Ryan were like, the people, they just, they just stand there. They're not that into it. And I'm like, no, they're under attack. They don't know what to do, <laughs> you know, because we, if you can check it. I'm because watching the show tonight. Yeah. Visually, literally all hell's breaking loose. And, and we're not even using pyro right now, but it is. It's War of the World shit, you know? And I like I like that a lot. That's killer, man. Well, I'm going to watch the show from the side stage tonight. Can you guys get me a pass? I'll talk to a guy. I know stage a guy. Stage pass, maybe? You'll have, have, have to give it back when you're done, though. Okay. Oh, no problem, man. Crew <laughs> pass. I'll just I'll photocopy it. You can bring anybody you want. No dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks. you.